This afternoon, I'm going to speak a little bit. A lot of people, they have questions. Why must I go to church? I think it's a question being asked by a lot of people. I've got a very big TV screen at my house. Is there anything wrong with me just sitting there and watching my TV? I've attended church service. Is there a reason why I must actually drive a car, burn some gas to come to church? It's a question that we ask every day, isn't it? Amen? Am I the only one who asked that question? Why must I go to church? Is there a reason? Even if I sit in my house and watch TV, right? I'm attending church, isn't it? Is there any point of really coming in, why should I really drive and say I have to go to church? Yet God is everywhere. Isn't this what we say? Huh? God is everywhere, so why should I really go to church? Is there a reason? Is there a particular reason why? I want to answer that question this afternoon in a few minutes. As we uh, talk about why should you go to church, I'm going to give some few reasons, but I've got 99 reasons to give you why you should come to church. But today I'm just going to speak maybe about just maybe five or six reasons why I think every believer must come to church. When Jesus left this earth, the first thing he did was to hand over the church. Uh, women, you must be so excited because Jesus, when he left the church, he handed the church over to who? Do you know your Bible? Do you read your Bibles? Who did Jesus hand over the church to right there? Somebody read your Bible can help me, yeah? When Jesus was leaving, what did he do? Who did he leave the church to? He didn't leave the church to Peter. <laughs> he left the church in the hands of the women. I know it sounds crazy. That's true. Read your Bibles. Amen. Read it. Read your Bibles. Amen. I will not say this a lot. I'll talk about it next week. But I want you to go and read your Bible and see who Jesus left the church in the hands of. So, let's read John chapter 8, verse 26. Why must I go to church? There's television, there's... Uh, I can watch on social media, I can watch on my WhatsApp, I can stay home every Sunday and be in church... Whilst you are here, I can watch the pastor preaching. Why should I actually come to church? Is there a reason why we must actually come to church? Given that our lives are so busy, people have got a lot of things to do. Asking questions, is there a reason for coming to church? Is somebody going to read for me a John 8, verse 26? Are we there? John 8, verse 26. Okay, I'll read myself. I have much to say in judgment of you, 
but he who sent me is reliable. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world the truth. Is there somebody with a different version? John 8, verse 26. NLT version. Can I have somebody with an NLT version? Hey, what's up? What's up, Pastor? Come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up, wake up, church. Good morning, wake up. Can I have somebody read for me quickly? Yes. He that sent me is true. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, number one, what I want you to understand is to remind each other who and whose we are. Amen. To remind each other who and whose we are. Who do we belong to, to begin with? I think two weeks ago, I talked about the Lord and what it means to have Lord in your life. Now, the issue of identity is very, very important. If you come to my house and you see children in my house, what comes to your mind? These are here, what? Right? Am I right? Not because I've introduced them to you, but simply because you came to my house and you saw the children in my, automatically you think these are my children. And one could be my cousin's sister's child or my uncle's child or my nephew's child. But the fact that you came and you saw them in my house, they are all mine, right? And when you... You, you leave, and I didn't introduce to you. you say, oh, you know, when I came, you see, one of your sons who was wearing a red T-shirt, I gave him the envelope. You can't tell me that you, you probably, according to my relations, maybe my uncle, right? But the fact that he's in my house, he belongs to? Whose are we? Identity, we get it. When we come in the house of God, we belong, the Bible says, to those who received him. He gave them power to be called. That's our identity. We are home. When we come to church, we are home. Church is not a building that we see here. Church is a community. The community is you and you and me. We are the community. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are the ecclesia. Not the building. Not the structure. Us. We are the church. Amen? Say, I am the church. You know, in a world that offers a lot of worldviews that describe people in so many things, there is one place that you can find the truth. And that is the house of God. That's why Jesus says, the truth that the Father has given me is what I 
give to you. The truth that the Father has given to me is what I give to you. So when we come to the house of God, this is the place where we find the truth about God. Amen. Number two, the church is a lighthouse. It's a lighthouse where we find we come and you are going through struggles in your life. But when you come to church, the word is preached to you. And by the end of the day, you see the light, the fog is lifted. So the church helps us when we are going through difficulties. Uh, I don't know. I used to give a testimony. I said when I was, I think about 15, 16, I had a friend of mine. And we used to go to church together. And this day we went together. And the pastor, I was new. The pastor was preaching. And he started talking exactly what I used to do. Exactly what I was doing. And after church service, I was so angry. I was mad with my friend. Because I assumed my friend had gone and told the pastor my secrets. How could the pastor know this without being told? How can he talk about this exactly without being told? So I assumed my friend had told the what? The pastor. So I spent two weeks without talking to my friend. I didn't go to church the following weekend. I think he's trying to make my life public like that. Because she's my best friend. She knows everything about me. So when she didn't see me to church, she called me. Ah, why didn't you, Rebecca, why did you come to church? I said, oh, nothing. I'm busy. And then she came to see me. I said, you know what? I don't like talking to people. I know what you did. She said, oh, what did I do? I said, I know exactly what you did. I said, what did you do? What did I do? I said, you went and told the pastor my secrets. Said, ah, which secrets now? I said, everything the pastor spoke about, you know exactly that's what I told you. You know it. I've done this, 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 and you've told the pastor this. She said, you know what? I didn't even speak to the pastor. It was nothing. I never told him anything. And then she started teaching me that when you come to church, God focuses on your life. Sometimes the word is not for Hamu and you and you. Maybe it's just for you, Lorraine. And God is focusing on you. And you wonder, how come? How did the pastor hear about this? No, 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 no. She didn't. Nobody, nobody told him. I always tell people the Holy Spirit can gossip. I, 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 my children, they know it. They used to do stuff, and I didn't know. They didn't tell me. They didn't tell anybody. Ask Michelle, she'll be in Mankero. And I would pick up the phone, ask her, and I would question her. She said, and then she'll be mad at Nash because she would think that my son told me what she was doing. That she went out, she did, and she would not have told him. And they are mad at each other, even in the house. They do something. I don't, I, I know. My spirit can tell me. I'm not talking about prophecy, but I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit can do. And anybody can do it. And I think for mothers, you know what I'm telling There's a sixth sense for every mother that you can pick up something when something is going on with your children. And that can happen to every Christian. 
And if God can do that with us mothers, what more spirituality in the church? So, when, when, when you come to church and you hear things being said about you, don't, don't think the pastor has been somebody called the pastor. No, 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 that's not it. Amen? God speaks to us. God reveals things to us. Amen? God reveals things about us. God knows more than we know about ourselves. The secret things that we do in secret, and we think if they, are, they are being done in secret, nobody is watching you. Heaven is watching. Heaven is watching. So when we come to church, this is the lighthouse. When things come out in the open, all you need to do, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, repent. Amen. Who helps you find your way when you are unsure of the direction? This is the place. Sometimes you come to church. You don't know the direction to go. We love the Holy Spirit when he's present. He is the GPS. He gives us directions. He navigates the way. He is the compass that can help us. Sometimes you're trying to do things this way. And the Holy Spirit says, no, do it this way. So when you come to church, sometimes they've been struggling with a situation. Amen. The Spirit of God brings an illumination right in your situation. This is why when we have people giving testimonies, they are not showing off. If you come to give a testimony with the idea of showing off, then you are lost. The reason why we come to give testimonies here is to encourage each other. Somebody may be going through a situation and that situation you are going through, somebody has already been going through it and they have already over came the situation. So when they come here to give a testimony, you begin to ask yourself, if she did it, I can also do it. When you go home, you've got a different mentality about your situation. You begin to look at your problem in a different way. You don't look at it the same way you were looking at it before. So, giving a testimony is not a way of showing off we do it to give glory to God. We do it to give glory back to Amen. If you do it with that spirit, many people will be helped. I grew up in a time where people, when they gave their lives to Jesus, they would come up and say, you know what? I want to thank God today that I'm saved. My life has changed. I was a prostitute going that way. I used to go to every beer hall. But I've been saved today. I no longer live that life. And somebody is there still struggling with prostitution. So if you give your life to Jesus, you can actually have a better life. Huh? Somebody was a thief. And they give the, the, I'm telling you the honest truth that people would save testimonies. They build people. They revive people. They help people. It's only people that these days that they don't give testimonies. Because they don't want to ascribe the honor to whom it's due. It's not you. It's God who gave you that great favor. Now standing here, you are ascribing back the 
glory to whom it belongs. It can turn somebody's life. Your testimony. I remember when I was growing up, there was another grandmother in the church and she gave a testimony. She said, I was a witch. Oh yeah, I killed so many babies and so many men. And she started saying names. But I have repented. I know it sounds horrible, isn't it? But that means that person is totally, totally repented and they have been transformed. Because when you accept Jesus, there is a transformation that happens inside. You cannot remain the same person that you were yesterday. When you still do what you were doing yesterday, there is no transformation yet. You need the regeneration. Because when the word of God touches your life, something has got to shift. Things have got to turn around. There's got to be a shift in your life and the world has got to see it. People have to see that there's a turnaround in your life. There's got to be a turnaround because that's what the word of God does. It comes where there's darkness and it puts what? It brings out. We are the salt of the earth. We are the Of God, I season the earth. We season the earth because we carry the flavor of God. When you accept Jesus, your life has got to change. There is power when you accept Jesus. There's got to be a turnaround. But the reason why we remain the same is because we haven't really committed. When you commit fully, when you give yourself fully to Jesus... He turns things around in your life. Amen. Amen. Are you bumbling along the way? Are you trying to find direction for your situation? This is the right place. This is the right place. When we pray, God will open your eyes. When you're struggling with a situation, when we join hands to pray, God will give you Eyes to see. You will have a revelation. You will see the way. Or it will come through somebody within the church. Hallelujah. We gather Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 and 16. Matthew 5, verse 13 and 16. We gather with other saints here in this church. Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. Are we there? Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. The Bible says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before. Let your light shine before. That they may see what? That they may see what? That they may see what? Why should your light shine? Everybody, please read your Bible and tell me the answer. What should men see in you? 
And what will they do after they see your good works? What will they do after they see your good works? God has sent us to be missionaries, to be preachers. Each and every one of us in this church is a preacher. Everybody is a preacher. Everybody in this church, you are a preacher. You found the light. You cannot hide it. You come here, maybe your light, the light is now very small. It's almost going off. When you come to church, what do you get? Oil. Give me oil in my limb. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my limb. I pray, Lord, give me oil in my limb. Just keep me burning. Keep me burning till the break of the day. The Lord gives us oil. The Holy Spirit, His job when we come is to revive us, is to renew our strength every single day. He pours in some more oil. I don't know. I don't know how you feel if you miss church one Sunday. I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot, a kind of disconnection. I don't know about you. I feel, I kind of feel some disconnection somehow. And even the level of prayer kind of goes a little bit lower. But when I come and when I start my week on Monday, I'm on fire. Monday comes, I'm on fire. When you get to Friday, you're almost like struggling to pull it together, huh? And then you come again for prayer. You are fired up. And then you come on Sunday. You worship. You are fired up. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, he continues to fill me up till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Fill me up. Somebody say, till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Fill me up. Till I overflow. I want to run over. He will fill us up. Because when we come, we are saying we have come, Lord. You provide the fire. I provide the sacrifice. That's what we do. When we come in the house of God, we are saying, yes, Lord. And I'm providing what? I'll open up inside. Allow the spirit of God to change. Amen. To empower me one more time. To fill me one more time. So it's always a what? A refilling that the Spirit of God does. So when we come together, you come with your fire, we'll fire. I come with my fire and my fire. And we lift up our hands, we begin to worship. And then the glory of God comes down. And then the lamps are being refilled. Until when we go out, we have an overflow to give to others. Why can't I witness to others? Because there's no oil in me. There's no overflow. I only have enough for my... So I don't have to give to. I don't have anything to share. 
to give to others. Because my lamb is what? Only has, has enough for me. I don't have overflow. But when we come, he gives us more. He pours more. And then we have a what? An overflow to give to others. We come to church, Matthew 28. Let's go, Matthew 28. This 18 to 20. Matthew 28, this 18 to 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and do what? My God. Do you have your Bible, guys? Let's read verse 19 together, everybody. Do you have your Bible? Are you waiting? Open your Bible, everybody. Let's go there. We're going to read verse 19 together. Everybody, are you there? On verse 19. Are we ready to read? Let's go. Therefore, Does it say pastors, go ye therefore? Does it say bishops, go ye therefore? Does it say Pastor Rebecca only, go therefore? What does it say? Who is being told to go? Who is being told to go? <laughs> Who is being told to go? I am being told. Say, I am being told to go. And make what? My God. Let's read again verse 19. Therefore, put your name where it says, therefore, put a comma and put your name. Therefore, Rebecca, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I'm with you always to the end of the world. Assignments. For us to be successful in this assignment, we have to keep regrouping together, right? Reminding each other, each other every now and then. For us to know that we have an what? An assignment. So we come here. We get empowered. And then we do what? We come to church, and what do we do? And after being empowered, what should we do? And do what? Ah, somebody tell me. After empowered, what do you do? We go out there. Mr. Mange, did you get that? You don't just think of yourself. No. There are people, they are dying out there. They need you. There are people committing suicide. They need you. Marriages are being, every day, they are actually being turned apart. They need us. Our sons and daughters, they are dying with drugs. They are dying, committing suicide. Killing themselves. Here I've seen that people, they cut themselves. 
We are here, church. We have an assignment. It's our job. People are going cuckoo with drugs. It's sad. I've been to Mercy Hospital in um, Fridley. My heart was bleeding. I'm seeing all these young, beautiful girls. Young, beautiful men. I've been to JC, JDC Juvenile Detention Center in Minneapolis. Young people. Matilda's age. They're already in drugs. It's sad. We have an assignment. When we come to church, we're not coming to feel good about ourselves. It's not all about us. We are coming here to be empowered, to go and help the world. Don't always say me, 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 me. God is not all about you. It's not all about you. There are people who need you. There are people who are going through difficulties. God has empowered you. He has authorized you. He said, you are my hands. Go and lay your hands upon the sick and they will, they will recover. We have the power inside of us. We go and pray for them and they will, they will recover. Jesus has empowered you. You are Jesus' hands. You are Jesus' what? Feet. Do you understand? And God cannot use trees to help other people. Do you understand? God cannot use trees, Tony. He needs your body. Do you understand? He needs your hands. If God wants to love somebody, how can he show love to that person? He needs your body so that you can go and hug that person for God. Do you understand, Mr. Mange? Because there is no way God can do it. We are the embodiment of Christ. We carry Christ. We are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. We represent Christ Jesus. Therefore, we come to church so that we get empowered, right? Once we get empowered, adorned with power, we worship, we pray, and we are adorned with what? With power. And what do we do? We go out there. We reach out to souls. We pray for the sick. We pray for the sick. If God helps you, you raise the dead. Yes, it is scriptural. We cast out devils. It is scriptural. It is our job. God is counting on us. That's why we come to church. We don't come to church to get our own breakthroughs every day. God, that we delay sometimes our prayers because we are so selfish. It's all about me, 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 me. And God, when he looks at you, he's like, you are so selfish. You only think of yourself. I have an assignment that I've given you. What are you doing about that assignment? Why are you always saying me, 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 me? It's all about me. Give me, give me, give me, give me. And you don't even know how to thank him anyway. When we say, let's go, thank God, say, oh, thank you, thank you, amen. When we say, let's ask, ah, God, help me, I want this. Give me God. Give me, you are hitting the drum everywhere. Give me God. And when he gives you, you put your hands in your pocket, you are so proud of yourself. You are busy doing what you need. And God is looking at you. He say, ah, are you not willing to get more from me? Are you not willing to share with others what I have given you? Show compassion and mercy to others. That's why we come to church. We don't just come for ourselves. We also come for the others. 
Hallelujah. Let's read Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. Why do we come to church? I want to try and just give you a few things that I think you need to know that are so important to us. Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. What does it say? Are, are we there? Did I skip a scripture? If it's there, um, Tully. It's okay. Which one? Matthew? Somewhat. Are we there? Can we read together? Let's do, let's read together that verse again. Do you know that we don't live here on earth forever? Do you know that we don't live on this earth forever? Somebody, I know, you know, when we have positions, when we have beautiful cars and beautiful homes, sometimes we think we're going to live here forever. And when we have money in the bank account, we think we got it. I want to remind you this morning that we don't live here forever. And the only place that you are reminded of that is the church. Amen? Funeral and church. When you go to a funeral, we will remind you that you don't live forever. Mm -mm. And when you come to church, we remind you, don't be too proud because you don't live here forever. What you think is yours, the shirt that you bought for 600 bucks, when you die, we give it to somebody who will take it to the garden, you wear it and go to the fields with the shirts. The, what do you call them? The Gucci bags and the, what do you call them? The CKs. Um, what do you call them? Give me the names, all the brand names. The day that you die, nobody knows that it was a, a, a designer label. We will take your shoes, those which you bought for 1,500, and somebody will use them to go and play football. Let me tell you, the money in the bank account, you, are, you don't want to worship God because you think you're so rich, because you think he got it all. The, exactly the money in the bank account. When you die, we'll use it. Ah, those who are alive, we'll use it. We'll go to McDonald's, yet you would not even buy yourself any burger at McDonald's because you were so stingy, even to yourself. You couldn't buy your own suit. And when you die, when you get the money, the first thing, I'll go and buy my own suit and steal it with your money that you worked so hard for. This is why Ecclesiastes says it's all vanity. It's all vanity. So the only place that we remind you that your soul is so important more than this flesh is the church. When you come here, we remind you don't be too proud because you've got this S shape and you think you got it because every guy is looking at you when you twist your waist. No, 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 no. We will tell you that this is, this is just humor. It's dirty. It's going down there. It's going, going down there. Worry about your soul, your inner man, because your inner man is going somewhere and you will live for the rest of his life. Here. Yeah. 
We remind you that. We remind you that. We remind you to give to God. Because you are building an everlasting empire. Somewhere where you cannot see. You are laying bricks somewhere that you cannot see. But here, there is moth. There is moth here. I remember in Zimbabwe, we invested. We had millions. That's my husband. We had lined up the future of our children. And we knew they were going to be good. Whether we live or we die. We had lined up for them. Well and good. Let alone the economy collapsed. We had nothing. Reduced to zero. But we had millions. But we were reduced to... Do not put your trust in your wealth. Do not put your trust in your degree. Do not put your trust in your bank account. Do not put your trust in the wealth of this earth. Know that we are passerbys. We are not permanent citizens here. We are not citizens. We are just permanent residents. For now, we are passing. We will expire. We will expire. You are going to expire. Whether you like it or not, that's why you cough sometimes. <coughs> it's a sign that you're going to expire. That's a sign you expire. You wake up one day, my back, it's a sign that you expire. Beautiful ladies with beautiful skin. You wake up, Matilda. You see that white stuff like, um, you know, mucus like on your, on your cheek. What do you call pimple? It's a sign that you're going to rot. That flesh is going to rot. It's going to go down. Six feet, you'll be buried. You're going to leave the earth whether you like it or not. So don't be proud. You better seek for your soul. You need God. You need God. You need God. And this is the place that we remind you that. You need God. You need God. Hallelujah. We come here to encourage growth. And we fight stagnation. We want you to make it. Because you are a purpose. You've got purpose in life. You are born for purpose. You are not just born to go to work. Eat. Go to the bathroom and then go to work again. Eat, sleep and go to the bathroom. Go again to the bathroom and go to work. No, that's not what you're born to do. <laughs> you have a purpose. You have a purpose. So when you come to church, what do we do? We motivate you to say, remind yourself why you are here. We ask those five questions. Do you remember the five questions? Why am I here? Who am I? What was I born to do? Where am I going? What must I do on this earth? It is only here that we remind you those questions. Who are you? Do you know who you are? If you don't know who you are, abuse is inevitable. It is possible that you can take this keyboard. It's meant for music. 
But if you don't know its purpose, you can take this, this material, put it on top of that, and you can put a vase of flowers there. Because you don't know the purpose of that thing. When you don't know the purpose, abuse is what? Inevitable. You abuse your body because you don't know what the purpose of your body is. You abuse your time because you don't know what the purpose of your time is. You abuse your life because you don't know how you are supposed to spend your life. Some of you are stagnant. You don't even know. All you do is go to work, feed your children, and go to work into the bathroom and come back. Go again, eat. Go to the bathroom and go to work. That's all you know to do. You don't have anything going in life. Yet, we are trying to ask you, do you know why you are alive? Why has God kept you alive? Some people have had accidents and they've survived serious accidents. Why have you survived those accidents? Do you know why God has kept you? If you look at the people of your age, most of them, they are gone. What's so special about you? Why has God kept you? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why am I still alive? Coming to church is not just a coming to sit and go home. You've got to work in this church. You've got to work out there. You are coming here that we can push you. I always tell you, you've got to know your purpose. I know my purpose. My purpose is I'm the wind behind your wings. I push you. Go. Do what you're supposed to do. I encourage you. When you come here, I encourage you. Go. Rise up. You can do it. That's my purpose. That's my job. That's what God called me to do. What's your purpose? Do you know why you are still alive? So we come to church to make sure that we die empty. To make sure that we die empty. Don't die. Only fool when you are too full. You have got everything God has invested inside of you. Nothing has come out. You are robbing us. You are an answer to a particular problem on the face of this earth. I've been saying this. Don't keep on just sitting. Ask yourself, what am I doing? What problem am I solving on this earth? Who am I helping? Who am I? Am I a rock? If you're a rock, what does a rock do? Are you water? Are you water? If you're water, what is water supposed to do? Refresh people. Do you refresh or you gossip and actually make them rot? Instead of being the water, fresh water. If people come to you, they should drink from your well. You help. Even when you choose your career, you don't struggle because you know that I'm water. How can I refresh people's lives? If I'm a, a, a branch of tree, I'm a shadow, am I giving people the shadow that they need? Amen. Um, the reason why we come to church is because sometimes I am blind to myself. And I need other eyes to see for me. So when we come to church, we are a community, like I said before. We are family. Amen? Even in the word of God, um, because of my time, I'm not going to read all those scriptures. Matthew 7, 3, 5. 
Ephesians 4.13, John 8.31 to 32. It actually talks about being blind and how we need perspectives of others who are further along the road to Christ's likeness. There are people in life, we have gone ahead of you. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, when an angel came to her, he even gave her an advice. She said, Mary, you are pregnant. You're going to be pregnant. But you need Elizabeth. Elizabeth is already six months pregnant. And you are just a junior. You are starting first month. So you need who? Elizabeth. Everyone needs Elizabeth in life. We all need Elizabeth in life. Elizabeth is the person who has walked that road before. So when you are pregnant, and this pregnancy is bothering you with morning sickness, women. Am I on time? With morning sickness, I want you to understand that Elizabeth will tell you, Mary, don't worry. It's just a morning sickness. It's not going to kill you. Keep the baby. It's going to pass. Because Elizabeth has been there before. Elizabeth has walked that road before. So she has had morning sickness already. And she will tell you it's going to pass. When you hear some cramps, she will tell you it's not labor. Uh-uh. It's normal the baby movements. We call them baby movements. It's normal, Elizabeth. You are not yet going into labor. Persevere. It's not yet nine months. Elizabeth is the right person who will tell you you need to change the dress you're wearing. It no longer fits you. Now you need to go to the next level because you're pregnant. We can see your pregnancy. Now you need to move to the next level. This is what we do as pastors. We help you that now you need to go to another level. Spirituality, now you qualify. You can become the deacon of the church. I think now you qualify. You can become the chairperson of the church. It's because we can see that the pregnancy is what? Showing. And now you need Elizabeth. You need each other. You cannot live in a vacuum. You cannot live in a vacuum. We need each other as the body of Christ. The body is one, but it has got so many parts. Many parts with different functions. Praise be to God. Amen. So when we come to church, we come to build each other. We don't come for programs only. We come to build each other. We come to help and support each other. We have so many different gifts inside of each other. We have different gifts. Somebody is a singer. You are not a singer. Maybe you are a teacher. Somebody is a teacher. Maybe you are not a teacher. You are an evangelist. Don't try to be a teacher. Don't try and copy somebody. Don't become a copycat. You are the original. We need your gift as original. Do not worry. The Lord's table is so big. Everybody has a place. Don't be jealous of anybody in the house of God. 
Your presence is important. Don't look at somebody. Let them focus on their own run. Focus on your own lane and you will make it. We are on a race, brothers and sisters. What we need to do is join hands and say on your marks, get steady, let's go. When one of us fall on the way, we don't run and outrun them. This kind of race is different. We will wait and look back and we'll go back and join hands with them and we will limp with them. We are the kind of an army that never shoots its partners down. We are the kind of an army that always go back and say to a brother or a sister, you can do it, stand up. You can make it, let's go. You can make it. You can make it in life. This is why God called us to be partners in crime. In Jesus Christ, we are here for each other. We need each other. We need each other. We cannot do it by ourselves. You cannot do it by yourself. Today I want to speak to you. Maybe I've tried on the lane. Somebody has disappointed you. Maybe somebody has said words that has caused you to say, I'll sit down. But I want to come to you today and say I want you to rise up and begin to run your lane because this field is too big. We are not going to finish it. Don't be jealous of anybody. Do not discourage your sister. Do not discourage your brother. Do not discourage your mother. We need each other in the body of Christ. We need each other. A church is not a church without love. The Bible says the world shall know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We are not in competition, brothers and sisters. We are not in competition here. We have come to support each other. We have come to help each other. We have come to lift each other. We come to church to support each other. Church journey is too long. You need the Holy Spirit to help us carry us through. We cannot do it by ourselves. How are you encouraging your brothers and sisters? What are you doing today? We have seen a lot of people didn't come. We know some are at work, but there are some we know they are not at work. What are you doing? What do you do in the kingdom of God? What's your job? Do you wait for the pastors to call everybody and say, why didn't you make it to church today? What is your position in the body of Christ? Because one thing that I know, even if your finger is hurting, the whole body hurts. How do you feel about your brothers and sisters? When you look at your brothers and sisters in the church, what do you think about them? What's your opinion about your brothers and sisters? I want you to pray to God. Ask God for a clean heart. I am here. You have assigned me in this church not for my own self. You want me to be a helping hand to somebody. Do you know everyone who come here by name? Do you know their names? How many people have you hurt by ignoring them? I want you to pray to God today. You are able to stand 
Your brother is not yet able to stand. What are you doing to support your brother? What are you doing to support your sister? God has put you in this church so that you are a helping hand. How many people feel your hurt and your pain when you ignore them? How many times have you compared yourself to others? How many times have you looked down on others? God is pecking on you. God is counting on you. What kind of words have you released to your brother and your sister? Today is a day that you need to cry out to God and say you brought me here for a reason God. You did not bring me here just for myself. Even your family, they don't know God. We need to be able to differentiate between a baby and an adult. When we come to Jesus, someone is still a baby. Even when they do something to you, you must grow up and know that babies can poo anytime. But adults, they don't do that. They don't poo in public. So you need to be able to handle the matter. Now I want you to pray today. God, give me a spirit of maturity. You brought me in the church, not just for myself. You brought me here for many. How many people have I injured? How many people have I neglected? How many people have I think, imagined the worst about them? Maybe you don't even talk to somebody in this church because you think they are proud or they are that. Have you taken time to learn about them? Have you given your time just to study and say, hey, what is wrong with you? How, I want to talk to you. I always see you are quiet. What have you done today? Today you are not praying for yourself. I want you to look at your life. Who are you in this church? Who are you in the body of Christ? Why do you come to this church? Are you a builder or you are a destroyer? What are you building? Where have you destroyed? Can you ask for mercy today and say, Lord, make me a builder today. Make me a builder today. Make me a builder today. If somebody is hurting because of what I've done, forgive me, God. And I want to give you an opportunity when we finish this service, if they deserve a call, call them today and make things right. The Bible says, how can you love God whom you have never seen and hate your brother whom you see every day? The world shall know that we are his disciples when we have love for one another. There is no church without love. If we don't have love, then we are not a church. A church is built upon love. The love of God is so bigger than anything else. Deeper than the oceans. Greater than the mountains. Stronger like death. That's how the love of God is. I want you to pray for your own self today. Pray for your heart. God help me today. I want to be a bridge. A bridge builder. I want to be an instrument that connects lives to success. I want to celebrate with those who celebrate. I want to mourn with those who mourn. I want to take away my pride. I want to take away my selfishness. Don't look at anybody and say it's so and so. Look at your own personal life. The Bible says don't point at a small thing in somebody's a speck in someone's eye and you don't see a log in your own eye. It's a day of discernment today. 
I want you to open your mouth and begin to pray for yourself. Cry out. Take a time of discernment. Look at your own life. How many people, how many people may not be coming because you said something or because you ignored them or maybe you didn't stand to help or support when they needed us. What can I do differently in the church, in the body of Christ? Am I an eye? Am I an ear? Am I a hand? Am I the feet? Who am I in the body of Christ? Who has God made me to be? I want you to pray. Just take this time to pray.